Christina Redko. Welcome to my show, Alive. In this episode, we'll have the honor to talk with Didi Perhouse. She calls herself a soil strategist, and she founded the Land and Leadership Initiative. Not long ago, I heard Didi talk in a conference about soil health as public health. By the way, I do teach public health in a medical school, so I thought it was a good idea to bring Didi to the show. I'll just say I came into this as, as a holistic healthcare provider, always worked very much with food as, a, as an essential aspect of health. Some people say food is medicine, we take three times a day. Over time, I, as I was writing The Ecology of Care, which took me about nine years to write while I was still working seeing patients, I, I understood more and more of the aspects of, of what contributes to health, and soil became more and more central to that. The first big shift was uh, learning about Alan Savory's work, holistic management or holistic plant grazing or holistic decision-making or the, that group of people around the world is reversing desertification by using grazing animals. And the first thing that piqued my interest was they were able to take carbon out of the atmosphere and put it back into the soil. But that's very simplistic It's not carbon like something on the, the periodic table. I mean, it is, but what that carbon is, is it's life in the soil and it's the life of the plants, etc. And then it's also the residues of life. So dead bodies of microbes and slimes and glues that they exude while they're living, etc. Didi points out all the plants and animals and fungi and microbes who build our living soil. Having a living soil means that there are essential workers underground that are doing work that creates this infrastructure that I call the soil sponge. I first heard that word from Walter Jena, an Australian soil microbiologist, but I was already showing it with this demo that I came up with using a plate of flour versus a plate of bread. So easy to understand, you can use this demo to explain what is the soil sponge. The difference between flour and bread is biology, right? So when you add biology to soil, you have a completely different structure. And the same thing is true with flour and bread. My demonstration for healthy soil is a plate with a few slices of bread piled up on each other. And uh, if you take that and you blow on it, like a wind comes along, if that was a landscape, nothing moves. The soil stays in place, so the air is clean. And if you rain on that with that little cup, the rain soaks down, and it keeps soaking down. And eventually, after about nine or ten times as much water as the flood on the flower plate, you start to see clear, clean water coming out from the bottom. And in a landscape, that would be the springs coming back to life, the springs and the wells refilling with clean, filtered water that's much safer to drink than the water that has run off sideways across the landscape. 
So you have less flooding, you have less drought, you have cleaner air, and you have less erosion, and you have cleaner water. Floods and droughts are connected to public health. Public health issues that we don't always think that much about, for example, in the United States, until something acute happens, you know, until we have a big flood. But it's impacting us chronically also. You know, that the chronicness of having water that, that's not that clean or air that's not that clean is a little bit more hidden from view, but is causing as much disease as those big scary episodes when we have a big flood. So you also have a much higher risk of drought. So flooding and drought are basically two sides of the same issue. All of those have huge public health consequences. And again, with both of those, you have more refugees, more homeless people, more, uh, more poverty. It's the end of the world. This demonstration of the flour versus the bread is, is kind of the cornerstone of a lot of my presentations. And I can use that to talk about soil carbon, because, of course, all of those glues and slimes and all of the biology doing that work is carbon at work building the infrastructure that makes life on land possible. So if we don't have that living soil and all of those workers constantly repairing and rebuilding and regenerating and deepening that sponge, no life would be possible. There are a lot of people these days saying that um, if there's more carbon in the soil, it holds more water. Or if the soil is healthier, it holds more water. And, and there's an aspect of all of those that is true. It's not, uh, you know, for example, you could dump uh, petroleum into the soil and you would have higher soil carbon, but it would not hold more water. So what's uh, missing? So, so it's the structure, it's the soil structure and function that we're talking about. And there was a recent paper that soil structure has been completely missing from climate models. And it's a game changer. That means you have pores in the soil and, and you have a much different function. And when you have pores that hold it, that's like a sponge, you also have structural integrity like a sponge. Like when you put your sponge in the sink, it doesn't fall apart, right? <laughs> Structure and structural integrity. And you have that water holding and that water resistance. Those glues are water resistant. Then you have this deep sponge in the ground that's holding water for the plant roots. And then they can transpire water, which means like sweating for a plant. And that is what cools the air. That is an essential part of keeping our planet and our regions and even just your neighborhood cool. So that's, that's a piece that's been missing from the climate models is that transpiration and that ability for plants to transpire based on water at the root zone. So when we talk about soil carbon, it's really talking about drawdown, right? Drawdown of atmospheric carbon. That's only one aspect of a stable climate. And, 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 and people don't even talk about the fact that the plants themselves are, car are carbon. It's not just in the soil. So carbon, it's like, you know, soil carbon has become a thing because people want to have a market to sell it. But they're not really understanding how the whole system works or what carbon is. To me, she's talking about the soil as a living system. Well, another major aspect of soil health and public health is the one that I started with, which is how does a healthy soil or a living soil, or as you just said, soil, how does soil as a living system 
create health through the nutrient density of our food. Mm-hmm. I like to think of that is the question. I like to think of the question as how intelligent is our soil or how intelligent is the food that you're eating or how many layers of intelligence has that piece of food or that meal come through before it goes into making your body. Let me explain that is that basic form of intelligence in life is the cell membrane, a semi a semi-permeable membrane that is essentially deciding what's needed for life and what's not needed. What do we need to bring in and what do we need to leave out? In a living system that's working, the nutrients, the minerals that we need to make up our body and have it be functioning well are in that sand, silt, and clay. And there, for the most part, any soil has all of those minerals in it. But the question is, are they accessible? And if a plant is, is in soil that's not living, it doesn't have a way to get the minerals that are bound up. But if there are bacteria and fungi and other living things in the soil, if there's a healthy, active soil food web happening, then there are numerous ways that those minerals in the sand, silt, and clay, the broken down rock, are turned into a form that the plant can take up. If you just ate a rock, you wouldn't get very much out of it. But if you ate a rock that has been transformed by life, then then your body can use them. So it's the same thing for a plant. There are fungi that help to do that. And there's a whole web that each time one, one part of it eats the next, those minerals are transformed into something different. And different plants need different things at different times, from hour to hour, from minute to minute. A plant that is healthy and that is in a living system can communicate through mycorrhizal fungi, through different root exudates sent out to the microbial communities around it. It can say, hey, I need a little more copper. Can you get me some? And when we or an animal eats those plants, then we're getting the result of all of those decisions that came beforehand. Whereas if it's a conventional system and you just pour on NPK fertilizer, then the plant is kind of like a straw in the ground, just sucking that up through, you know, through the the water system. Yeah. Um, Not making any decisions about what it needs or not, just getting those three things. And yes, that will grow a plant, but it doesn't have the sophisticated array of nutrients in it that have been intelligently chosen. And it's not resistant to diseases. So the plants themselves are less healthy. And then everything eating those plants is going to be less healthy. Diddy asks a big question. Do we have the nutrients that we need in order to have healthy integrity of all of those systems within our own body so that we don't have a leaky gut where stuff is going in that we shouldn't have, etc.? Um, so our cells know what they need to take up. They have not only raw materials, but they have intelligence. They have the functionality. All life above the ground depends on the life underground. Humans can't build a true healthcare system alone. It requires a diverse biological workforce and great intelligence and creativity. It's not just humans. Part of what I want you to take away today Honoring all life that lives underground, now you're listening to magic cicadas chirping 
On my street outside, Brood 10 emerges from underground every 17 years in the eastern United States. Thank you for listening. Listen to a new episode every other Friday. Check the website and support the show at www.alivepodcast.net This show is very, very new. So please, please share with all your friends. This show celebrates the wonders of being alive.